Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. As you can probably understand, today has been very heavy for me. It's about 4 a.m. in the morning. I have been trying to record this for about eight hours, and it's just not going well. I mean, hey, two years of the war. Two years of the war, and Navalny's dead, and Bergozhin's dead, and Moore's is dead, and Girkin's in prison, and, and things are just weird, strange and unusual. We have changed, by we I mean the collective West, I have changed personally. What hasn't changed is that there are people who uh, apparently hadn't listened to the show previously, so they uh, sent me very angry emails about uh, our interview with Mr. Strapes. Uh, you should know, if you are the person that decided to quit uh, Patreon because of that, uh, that we have all sorts of folks, you know, with various views here. And, uh, and just because sometimes, you know, there are people who disagree with you on the show doesn't mean that you you should uh, take it all personally. Please don't. There is no need for for that sort of nonsense. So I hope that uh, that's going to be cleared out. Then we're going to have some people who are, you know, way more to the right and who um, talk about lefties often. And, you know, their politics. After all, we kind of have to. Have to figure out what's what sometimes. And we will. We will at one point. <laughs> that is, if I, if I manage to... to figure out stuff about myself. Focus, Christophs, focus. Again, sorry about this. This has been taken this has been very, very difficult for me and I have to do the scrapes script thing and, and I just got stunned and I spent a lot of time spent a lot of time actually just in a call with, with people in Ukraine. A lot of stuff had happened. And it's just one of those things where I just don't know how to react. Because again, I never expected this to last for two years. I really want to go back to history episodes. I really want to back, go back to some sort of normalcy. Whenever that will be possible once again. If that will be ever possible for me. Which is, you know, doubtable, to be honest, because... Nothing's guaranteed with this situation. I know that in the West, people have learned and changed their opinions during this war. At least some have. Others, meanwhile, still treat this as the new normal. And just still don't understand why this matters to, to all of us. I'll, I'll get to that, by the way. <laughs> because, you know... I know I've been talking about this a lot, but after all, this is my own my own personal thing uh, as well, since Putin managed to mispronounce stuff and, and indirectly threaten Latvia in his, um, well, 
in, in his Tucker Carlson interview where he stated that he has no no intentions of uh, ever, you know, doing anything with Latvia or Poland, which means that Latvia and Poland should get really worried. <laughs> that's how uh, that's how it operates, after all. But but what then? What then can be done, and how can we how can we survive through this? Those are my questions. Earlier in the day, when I still had some energy going on, in in the previous script, which was much, which was which was much more jollier or, or something, because yeah, I look back at everything that uh, you know I had written and done previously, what I had done in previous years, and it's just just so strange. The world has changed. We've survived through COVID. Now this. Oh, and now election are gonna, is going to happen as well. So-called election, to be honest. No one really no one really thinks that anyone but Putin is going to win anything. What's interesting is how everything's going to change after, after the fact. Will there be a new mobilization? We also have to, um, have to think about how... <laughs> how the war is going to evolve in the future, how we are going to, how we're going to organize help to Ukraine, because it will be necessary to, to just get better at this. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like we simply cannot allow Russia to win this, because then they will continue on, and, it, and then it will become, you know, actual problem for for some Western country that may or may not pay any so-called dues, right? But, but this has been this has been life-changing, definitely. Again, and I think I have mentioned this in some earlier episodes, but so that you understand why I'm doing this at four four a.m. in the morning, where I can barely like focus on my my script. This is this is much for me, so that I can go to sleep finally, as it is for you. After all, I've been there multiple times and suffered through this. It just needs to be done. And as always, as always, these two years I have spent explaining to people why this is personal, why this matters, and that this could have been over if only the if only the proper aid would have been given at the proper moment. And that it truly feels like an ongoing 9-11 here in Eastern Europe. And that it really touches everyone. And I think, I think that, that we're going to feel this even more next year. This is the kind of the anniversary of the war where I genuinely feel afraid, you know. Genuinely feel like some things could end up way worse. I mean, situation, as, as, as bad as it could be right now, it could be way worse as well, just, just so you remember this. Because, after all, Ukraine did manage to stop Russia from taking Kiev in three days. Right now, such nonsense is only in the, in the minds of, 
of a very few, <laughs> very few, very drunk uh, Russian people, N namely Dmitry Medvedev and and whatever uh, it, whatever it is <laughs> that he's on these days. So it's going to be fine, in a way, <laughs> hopefully. And if it won't, well, then, yeah, then I suppose you won't even have <laughs> proper Eastern Europe. And, and, and then, then we will just be all too dead to worry about that sort of stuff. But yeah, main point here. Why why this whole thing matters about Medvedev and, and the West and why why I think you should continue listening to my show and maybe, you know, showing me some support when I'm trying this. Because I need to remind you, this whole thing is mission for me. See, over the past several, several, several years, again, 4 a.m. in the morning, sorry about that, Kremlin has, has accused the collective West, as they like to call it, of, like, literally everything. Now is it... Um, Political quote political witches sabbat demonize Russia, um, waging war on Ukraine, prolonging the fighting by supplying weapons to Ukraine's army. Even though you know the war could be over if Russia would just you know leave. <laughs> Russia's uh, foreign minister Lavrov is convinced that the collective West has declared quote total hybrid war on Russia. <laughs> Dimon, old alcoholic Medvedev. Ex-president of Russia believes that Ukraine is no longer an independent state, but has come under the full control of the collective West. It's all insanity. In the official rhetoric, in the actual documentation, this collective West, which is basically you guys who are listening to this show, has come alongside, by the way, Anglo-Saxons. They use Anglo-Saxons way, way less these days to signify Russia's number one enemy. You know, what does it actually mean? What, 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 does, what does it mean to be in the collective West? Of which I also have to admit I'm a part of. Because, because well, still, Latvia is part of EU after all. And we are trying to be friendly and, and do what we can to focus on, on everything and, and give as much aid and help as humanly possible. Well, just to remind you, explain once again, this whole of the West and the East, these originated this concept in reference to the original split between Catholic and Orthodox churches. At least that's how it's viewed over there in, in Russia. They, of course, later took on outsized meaning as European empires colonized the world, and, and all this... All this may signify, signify differences in, in religion and in culture <laughs> or, or politics, but it's just a thing where, where Putin basically wants to wants to argue that he's opposing the West, although he's uh, <laughs> embracing some elements of Western culture and, and rejecting others. But it's just the collective West. You, dear listeners, now for the third year in a row will be the number one enemy. Now, I don't really know why Putin insists that the West is a collective, because uh, I know that I, I know that, for example, uh, 
French people and uh, then German people and Dutch people and Americans are very different people. But you know, you can't really ask uh, <laughs> ask Putin to know all this stuff. But it is what it is. But this whole thing is a new entity for Putin himself as well. By the way, this is only loosely related to, by the way, uh, for for kind of Western political ideas of the West. When Putin talks about the West, he's not referring to community of countries as such, but, um, well, as he says, <clears throat> quote, the elite circle, which, as he insists, governs those governs all the countries from behind the scenes. Again, he just doesn't believe in any form of democracy. Russia adopted this, the collective West, only very recently, by the way, within the past several years. Uh, it originally appeared about in mid-2000s, just so you guys knew how long you've been hated. Putin himself first used the phrase during his 2021 annual address to Russia's Federal Assembly. At that point, he was indignant that the, the collective West paid no attention to an alleged attempt on, on assassination attempt on our Batka Belarus uh, president, Alexei Lukashenko. Before that speech, by the way, the only collective things Putin ever referenced was security, disease immunity, and social responsibility. And again, during the mobilization back in September 2022, when we thought this would be like the end back then and everyone went, went and lost their minds for a few few seconds there, he employed the phrase again, stating that Russia opposes the collective West, which quote-unquote seeks to break up the country into parts. The Kremlin appears to believe that this uh, sounds convincing. Now, to those of you who listen to my show, I don't really think that the West, collective West, if, if we have to answer there, wants to break Russia apart. No, no. I, I believe that this is going to happen quite naturally by itself. Because with Navalny being dead and the reaction of how... how... how everyone reacted in the Russian opposition part... <laughs> I think this is going to be um, this is going to be a bit weird, and definitely not not in in a nice way. Things are going to go crazy and bad, and but you know all that. What's important is that Russia is going to fall apart on itself, because because this this reminds me of of the situation how how a lot of people who live here and now are forced to study our language, Latvian language, they blamed everyone else except themselves for not studying this for 30 years. And that's just, you know, how they operate, it seems. So we're going to have to take a look and, and figure out whether or not they are fully responsible. But yeah, back to, back to the subject matter. For Putin and his associates, including Lukashenko, the collective West is something that um, something that has its own will. It's it's a bit weird in a way, but uh, the West is very specifically some something that something that um, quote is, is is an actual entity. Quoting Putin, the West is an entity that uh, is accustomed to measuring everyone and everything against itself and that believes everything is for sale. 
and that uh, the West follows a model of global liberalism. <laughs> Putin has stated that they, in the collective West, simply don't need a strong sovereign Russia. They can't forgive our independent path, nor the fact that we have acted in our national interest. But then, you know, I have to read here. <laughs> I highly doubt that anyone here needs a strong sovereign Russia, at least in the sense that uh, how it is now. If it would be a real democracy, though, yeah, I absolutely would, would be all for it. I'd be happier, you know, would sleep safer. But as it is, well, I have to agree with Putin here. What's their independent path? Well, <laughs> invading other countries, invading on, well, you guys. <laughs> oh, by the way, and when I say you guys, I really, really mean it. <laughs> because, after all, Putin has been using this phrase as a synonym for United States. And, you know, not only, but mostly. According to, to him, the collective West is expanding NATO and assembling more and more and more new military alliances, including the one between Australia, UK and US, and, you know, that, that one that, that China doesn't like. And Putin suggests that these countries don't make active decisions to join its alliances, but rather they submit to a mysterious external will, you know, this conspiracy theory. Regular citizens, he says, suffer from collective West policies more than anyone. It's obvious, Putin said in, in August 2023, that Western global elites use sanctions to divert their own citizens' attention away from acute socioeconomic problems and transfer their own failures to Russia and China. Lavrov. Foreign Minister has written that Europe itself suffers from the sanctions that is imposed on Russia, the behest of the United States. European countries, as he says, will have to replace the weapons they send to, send to Ukraine with new arms purchased from the United States, and to buy expensive United States gas rather than the cheap Russian alternative is, as he feels, wrong. Lavrov says that the foreign policies of the collective West are a one-man show, by which he means American weapons and energy industries. These guys, you know, Putin, Lavrov, everyone else, they insist that this collective West, again, you guys, are trying to control the world through totalitarian liberalism. But they say that this plan is no longer working. The world is becoming multipolar, a process which the collective West lacks the power to halt. Therefore, their theory goes, their super conspiracy, that the West is just lashing out. Thus, they paint a picture of Russia attacked by bullies, beset by, you know, you know a, a, an angry mob that uh, kind of wants to take resources and, 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 and break it apart and, and everything. The real ringleader, supposedly, by the way, hides behind the countries and organizations that make up this whole weird mob of uh, collective West, in, inciting violence and, and, and stirring up Russophobia. Putin and his supporters say that Russia will have to throw some punches in order to calm the crowd and make it realize that it has been manipulated into attacking the wrong target. This collective West, an entity Putin has built in his own mind, is ultimately kind of a useful way for Putin and his circle to just justify any aggression on the global stage. After all, they claim that they're just merely, you know, defending, which is obviously, I, I don't know how they can even how they can even talk about such things, but they apparently live in a constant siege and they need this external enemy. 
official rhetoric has presented collective West as, ex- as an ex- existential opponent, fundamentally evil and hostile to Russia since 2007. Over time, by the way, this has lost any space for nuance, compromise, or, or anything that would be even remotely called, that you could remotely call diplomacy. Absolutely. The Russian Federation, according to such rhetoric, has become part of uh, the multipolar world, a country of so-called traditional values, conservatism, and an exceptional path. Meanwhile, liberal um, Anglo-Saxons and gay rope allegedly destroyed the USSR. We all lie constantly, rewrite history, and employ double standards and all that whatnot. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Russia has a divorce rate of, what, over 70%. Cheating on your loved ones is basically normalized there. There's massive uh, AIDS epidemic going on. It's a cultural norm to just, you know, just be an abuser. Alcoholism is rampant. And then, you know, these these are the same people who who are then the big defenders of these traditional values, or, or so they claim. Which, which is all nonsense, but you guys know that already. However, I needed to remind you this, which is why I spent, I don't know, 10, 15 attempts at trying to record this episode. And I'm glad I did, and I'm glad that I've uh, sort of moved past this. But um, I just wanted to say... Thank you for helping me out at, at, at all this and, and helping me out at working through <laughs> working through all this nonsense and, and, and everything. And thank you for, for supporting the show if you do. And please consider it if you don't. It's it's a lot of effort. And it's been two years of, of this horrible war. It's been two years and Ukraine hasn't won only because you guys, and by you I mean mostly your politicians, for some reason don't want to don't want to basically be more like the collective West that Russia treats you as already. But I think I think uh, I think some politicians should really give that give that a thought. It's been two years already of trying to and now be diplomatic and and be be you know be diplomatic and and figuring out how how stuff works and and taking into account Putin's Putin's feelings and all that nonsense. Yeah, how about how about you stop doing that? No one no one really cares about that about anything going on there. No one really is gonna. No one is going to, you know, in Russia, no one's going to cry about how, how everything operates. It's going to be bad either way. There's going to be a lot of bad stuff happening and there's going to be a lot of issues and Russia is going to hate you anyways. At least the official Russia. So please, and I ask you this as a person who's been working at this for years now. Please, if you haven't helped Ukraine, please do. If you don't realize why it's important, then continue listening to the show. Let's just hope that 
let's just hope that this is truly the final year of the war. Because I'm really getting tired. And it's not just me. It's everyone. And I hope that we finally can move through this and that the world can just stop going crazy for a bit. And that's it for today. I, I hope I made, made sense. Uh, I just had to do it. And if, if this, this definitely isn't one of my best episodes, but this is truly the, the most horrific of days because I am not just an impartial observer of these events. I have been there and I have emotional connections after all. I hope you'll forgive me about that. We'll be back with, again, two interviews, one with uh, one, one a breather with a Magic Gathering YouTuber where we talk about survival and politics, another one with Daniele Bolelli and, and Alexander from History Impossible where we're, when we talk about really depressing stuff. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best and I'll, I'll focus. And, and, and we have uh, Soviet military maps in Discord. I found a place where they sell them. Join our Discord consider becoming our patron and just just stay safe wherever you are happiness is mandatory and thank you thank you for thank you for listening if you indeed still are happiness today is mandatory especially for me <laughs>